Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Movies Are Dead. I got three words for you, Nick. What is it, Boris? <laughs> Welcome to Juarez. Oh, God. Oh, we're in it now. It's hot. This is it. This There's is where it's hot. There's on the walls. Oh, my God. SUVs are just... People streaming Jeez. down the highway is that the border wall it's so small we got guns we got benicio we got emily blunts josh brolin we got josh brolin in dude, there daniel kaluuya in this movie daniel totally Kalu- forgot he was in this yeah. movie dude who else is in it jeffrey donovan victor garber we got uh who what's his name that? from wolf of wall street walking dead What's, oh, John Bernthal. John Bernthal, yeah. Dude, there's a scene in this a little, movie. Little with, twangy accent. Dude, there's a scene in this movie with John Bernthal, Daniel Kaluuya, and Emily Blunt in one room in the bar. I love that scene. But it's like an all-star lineup. It felt, I mean, this movie was released, what, five and a half years ago? Six years ago? I mean. Five years? Six years, yeah. Yeah. I think, okay, you know, you were sending me text message. <laughs> text messages of dialogue from this movie and yes i can understand why you were sending them to me because they are kind of on paper it sounds like cringeworthy does that make sense and you were reminding yeah. me uh-huh. and i was like reading the messages and i was like oh my god am i really gonna defend this dialogue and yes i will die on this hill <laughs> of what of that it's good dialogue <laughs> yes oh boy Okay. That's, ah, that's oh, no. the least. Are we of still our, going? Yes, we're fine. Perfect. That's the least of our issues with this. Yeah. Oh no. Okay. All right. So let's describe Sicario for our listeners. How yeah. would you describe it? How would I describe it? Yeah. What's well, the plot it's, here? Um, by uh, Denis Bellanou's own admission, this is a combination of an action movie and an art house film. Okay. It's about Emily Blunt. Um, she's an FBI agent knocking down doors. Trying to find bodies. And she finds a lot of bodies this one time. Isn't that right, Nick? Yeah, she does. Anyway, that <laughs> <laughs> she gets dragged into this whole conspiracy, this whole special task force headed by Josh Brolin to go down to Mexico and find the head of a cartel. And it gets, you know, it's like a nightmare. It spirals out of control. It gets worse and worse. It does spiral out of control. And, okay, so the plot of this movie, as Boris said, is pretty much Emily Blunt is tasked or actually asked to volunteer with a special task force and taking down the cartel. Little does she know she is in store for a world of like corruption, a world that's way out of her lead. And she realizes that not all of the good guys are good, particularly um, like the way the task force is represented and also like what she like discovers about the United States and the government and what we do in the war on drugs. I, w- I would say that's like pretty much like the, the, the description of this movie. Yeah, that's correct. All right. Um, my thing, it's, uh, it's not what it's about. It's about how it's about. Okay. All right. before, before we continue, I just want to let it be for the record. I love this movie. Boris does not like this movie. There we go. They would find out if they were going to listen to it. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, where do you want to start with this? All right, let's start. Okay, let's start with... Let's start at the beginning. Okay, we open up with... How would you say? What is it? Like the the raid on a cartel's it's a, house yeah, it's in Chandler, a, it's a Arizona. housing development in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And... Um, 
<laughs> what do you want to say about it? I don't know. No, they, they open up. Okay, Denny V opens up with this like wide shot of <laughs> Denny v. of yeah. That's his. I'm sorry. That we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna uh, abbreviate his name. Okay, so wide shot. We see a SWAT guy enter frame. There's a lot of these shots in this movie. Cinematography by Roger Deakins, which I think he was nominated for this movie for best Oscar. Later on, he'd win for 2049 Blade Runner with Denny V. Um, but he opens up with a wide shot and they're coming in to frame and pretty much it's a raid on a cartel's house and it's it's action from the get-go it's literally action from the get-go i know that um like during the sequences it can be a little bit too much all right like too much what like the action you know too much action i mean like you know what i mean like it could be over the top like all of a sudden like like we open up with like the raid and then there's like a SWAT vehicle bursting through the house and there's a Mexican dude like be literally falling off a fucking lazy boy, you know, and he's like, Oh my God. And it's time to get down. It just, I really like the way it opens up. It's like the action, the anxiety, the music by Johan Johansson, the creeping theme of like death in the score. It's probably one of the best scores of the 2010s along with uh, Micah, Micah Levi's, uh, underneath the skin. I really enjoy the sound and the music. I remember watching this in the theaters and I was like, this is an extremely loud movie. You know, like the sound design of this movie is so, like it hits you over the head. Like the audio mixing of this film, like it feels like you're in it. It feels like it's all around you. It's happening at once. And I also like the way like the dialogue flows out of the characters, like voices. I don't know. Character voices in this movie, the way they like ricochet off each other, the way like grunts, like Josh Brolin mumbling, the chewing of the gum, uh, Benicio Del Toro's like uh, Mexican accent coming through, you know, like, I like that. What Mexican accent? He has a Mexican accent. No, he movie. doesn't. Yes, he does. Okay. It's like, well, it's not like a true authentic Mexican No, accent. then why is it there then? But he has it though. It's like, you know, like. It's a neutral accent. It's, it's, it's better than in traffic. In traffic, he was doing something else. I love him in traffic. The accent's not there. That's my yeah. point. Anyway. I see it. I try to um, watch this movie a different lens than before. And I came to understand this movie like Denis Villeneuve said, it's it's an action movie combined with an art house film. It is. And for example, there's a you can say there's a subplot that follows the Mexican policeman who is corrupt. <clears throat> yeah. And I've read in interviews that he tried to portray that story with some amount of authenticity and subtlety, which is not there ultimately in the prod in the final product because. The only thing we know about these people in the five or six minutes that we see them about the policeman and his son and his wife is that the son likes soccer, which is, you know, yeah, a lot of Mexican kids like soccer, but that's all we get to define him by. And the policeman himself, all we know about him is that he's a policeman. He has a small house. He has a wife that doesn't seem to really love him. Or maybe she's like really just tired of his shit, honestly. But the only thing we know about him is that he has about two fingers of tequila or whiskey in his morning coffee. He's tired of his job. He's tired of his life. His son's there, but I don't know. He doesn't really seem like he cares about him that much. And all these characters, these three characters, are defined very broadly. 
by what we see at a first glance. This kid likes soccer. He drinks. The mm-hmm. wife makes the food. She makes beans and eggs. Mm-hmm. And she's just there in a very subservient role. My problem is that this story is sort of used as a some sort of shield or some sort of alternative viewpoint that winds up not being very authentic. So in the in the audience's mind, it winds up not having much weight or as much weight as as is given to Kate's character. Okay. Yeah, I could kind of agree with you on that because there's probably, what, four or five total scenes with the Mexican cop with his family? Yeah, if right? that, yeah. And we kind of, we end with the kid playing soccer, right? Yeah. And it ends sort of like in traffic, like the way traffic ends with Benicio watching people play baseball, right? Well, traffic's a little bit more optimistic in its end. It is very Sicario. optimistic. Sicario's, yeah, there's yeah. a negative. There's something like dark about it. Gunshots. I in appreciate the, the darkness. I appreciate it. The last scene, like you said, yeah, ends with gunshots, which is yeah. For all the, the all that these people did, ultimately, it doesn't really have much of an effect on the daily life of these people. Yeah, that's true. But wouldn't you say that's Danny V sort of like telling the story of how like? Well, that's one. Once it's one of the things I liked about this movie is that it ends with that scene. Yeah, and all oh, the so you violence. Like, you like the. The ending part, yeah, like the last scene because it okay. just all the all the murder and the subterfuge, all the things Kate went through to just ultimately wind up, you know, being I don't know. It's all for nothing. Traumatized, yeah, it's all for nothing. These kids yeah. still have to play soccer with the sound of bullets, yeah, from assault rifles being shot, yeah, somewhere near the. Where? I mean, at the heart of this story, like it's weird the way this is written. It was written by Taylor Hatford. I like the way it's written. Sheridan. Is it Sheridan? Yeah. Anyway, the writing of this, I like the way it's written because the audience is taken through the story through Emily Blunt's character, Kate, through her eyes. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a simpleton setup. It's very easy to draw the audience in in this movie because you're like, what does this mean? I'm like, the audience is like two steps behind Josh Brolin's character. And you could see it in Kate's character. She's like, what, what are we doing? Why are we doing a Juarez? You told me we're going to El Paso. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're two steps behind. And I like the way she's a vehicle for the audience, taking us through. And then Daniel Kaluuya's character, her partner, Reg, he's also like behind too. He's like the sympathy character. Like, what are we doing? Right? He's trying to like catch up. And he actually talks to Josh Brolin's character like, hey, Matt, we need to talk. Like, we need to figure out what we're doing here. And there's that scene when they're with the deportees, right? And, like, finally Josh Brolin briefs him about what they're doing and how they're trying to discover a secret tunnel from Mexico to the United States. But I like the way it's written. And I think that, yeah, I would have liked to have seen more scenes of the top. And I think not more, but, like, more human, like a horror yeah. human side. But wouldn't you say that's what... Like, wouldn't you say that's what, like, the drug trade does to people? Like, it, it kind of, like, grinds them down into just, like, like a being that's just serving other people for money? Like, it, it, I don't know. I kind of feel the same way. Like, I wanted to like the cop more. I wanted to connect with them more. But it, it just wasn't there. Like, even at the end when they kill him, I was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. I felt bad, more bad for the son. It's just, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's there to get. To the, it's, it's there to get the audience to feel bad for the son. It's not really about humanizing the cop. I think they all just act the way the plot needs, needs them to act. That's true. Yeah, they do act the way they need to act. I just like the fake out in this movie for the writing. It's not so much a fake out, but it's like you think it's Kate's story, but then it turns into Benicio Del Toro's yeah. s- story. 
And it turns out, like, all of this that they're doing is for, like, yeah, they want to stop Manuel Diaz and the cartels. and But it's it's mostly about Benicio Del Toro seeking revenge. It's like a samurai story in some way. He has a samurai story within him. He wants revenge. And even when Josh Brolin tells Emily Blunt's character after the um, tunnel scene, like, you went up a tunnel that you shouldn't have gone up, and she realizes that Benicio is out for revenge, she doesn't like that. She's like, we, we're doing all of this for what? Why are we doing this? You know, like, so she realizes that Benicio is, like, only out for himself, right? That he's pretty much, like, he serves anybody. He can, he can serve the cartels. He can serve the Mexican government. He can also serve the United States. Yeah. But in reality, he wants revenge. That's what, yeah, that's what Josh Brolin's character says about him at the beginning of the movie. I think he just goes wherever he's, he can he do goes, what he needs to yeah, do. That's right, yeah. And um, I appreciate the bit about Kate not being, act, like, revealing. The first time you watch this movie, you think, yeah, Kate's going to be the protagonist. She's going to be the, the the character that makes things happen, the pivotal character that sets everything into into action. And she does in a way, but as the story goes on, you find that she has less and less power and agency or anything that's happening around she, her she has no power and the only reason she's there is because of jurisdictions and at the end right. she was pretty much there just for a, a signature on a piece of paper right i would argue that they would probably have an easier time finding like a dude who would be happy to go gung-ho <laughs> on some mexican drug dealers but they didn't have to bother with kate no but I yeah think... if that happened the movie wouldn't exist then also like she still has that like like this weird, not weird, but like she wants to catch the bad guy. There's a purity to her. Yeah. So it is a shock to her that the the guys, okay, on the border, that border sequence, which I think is an amazing sequence by Denny V, the way it's set up with the camera angles and the action, the way it goes. She's just shocked that the Americans who are trying to get back to uh, Texas with the narco, that they would get out of their vehicles first. She was under the impression is impression if the narcos shoot at us first, we yeah we have the all the right to shoot at them. But she's just surprised that the good guys get out of the car first and actually kind of provoke the narcos into the battle. You know what I mean? I mean I don't know. It's just like it just seems like someone who's in the FBI shouldn't be that naive. I don't That's think not she's how she naive, is. though. She, she seems very naive not, again and again. It's not naive, but it's like she wants to know. She keeps on saying throughout the movie, what are we doing here? What are we doing? She doesn't know because she still has that, like, purity to her of, like, we're going to do the right thing. America always does the right thing. But as we learn through the movie, we, we're not doing the right thing. Like, we might even be the bad guys in this situation. That's what I like about this movie. Like, the, the heroes portrayed are probably the bad guys. And there's no good side to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's part of it for sure. And I appreciate that as far, <laughs> as, as, far as it gets. Um, but again, yeah, like I was saying before, I had to remind myself that this is a mainstream movie meant to be seen by a lot of people and be entertaining. Okay, yeah. And if the movie I would, wanna, I would make out of this material or this idea is a lot more... Like Heli, like uh, this is a movie... I know, you, re- you referenced this yeah, movie, that, Heli, um, from 2013 came out a couple yeah a couple years before sicario and it's a movie made by a mexican crew mexican actors everything about it it's mexican and it's just such a stark 
contrast in the way it deals with violence and the way it humanizes its characters compared to Sicario where the violence is always meant to be very exciting, suspenseful. Yeah, I mean... Instead of okay. and and Haley, the violence is always it's full of dread. It's not like you're like you hoping nothing more violent happens because you were afraid for these characters. You're in the story in a much more visceral way. You hope that there's no. You hope that somehow, even though you know it's not, it can't happen. You hope that they get away from the people that are committing the violence. And in Sicario, it's always very oh, we're, what's going to happen next? So what's going to happen next? It's very um, or whatever. It's just it's very much about. Oh, what's gonna happen? Yeah, oh, no, what's gonna this, happen? I get what you're trying to say, and I guess uh-huh. that could be the like, like these those two movies could exist, right? Sicario and Heli. Yeah. Okay. They can they can exist in the same universe, and it's awesome to see like, but you know what I mean though? Like they can mm-hmm. exist at the same time. They can. And, yeah, that's true. And I haven't seen Heli, but from what you've told me, it sounds like it's a more of a deeply meditative, poetic movie. Sort on the of. drug trade and 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 cartels than Sicario, which is I mean, it's not even about cartels. You don't even see a cartel in the whole movie. But okay, go ahead. Okay, but I mean, as you said before, this is an American movie. I mean, it's written by Taylor Sheridan, who's an American, right? right? Yeah, but I guess let's I take it know. for what it is. I mean, I guess what really bothers me about this movie? <laughs> what we're both Mexican. I lived in Mexico for. I did. Nine more or less years. Yeah. I've been back there a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, I get the nagging feeling. I don't know if you agree. You probably won't agree. Is that this movie ultimately winds up being explorative and dehumanizing towards Mexicans? No, I, I, I. It's funny you bring that up, and I, I agree with you. Because okay. at times watching this movie, I felt like the way Mexicans were portrayed was almost like a caricature. Definitely, yeah. Specifically on the border scene when they're crossing the border and you see the narcos in the car, they're covered in tattoos, mean thugs, the way Mexicans, like the way Juarez is shot. Yeah. Like how dirty it is, how nasty it is. Like, I totally agree with you. And like, I know, but you got to take it for what it is though. Like, But I don't, I don't like these, like we barely get. Like, I, know. I don't remember the last time I saw a Mexican I know, actor in a mainstream movie. I, I know what you're saying. It's like Diego like, Luna in like Star Wars or something. Oh, it's like I know. Don't even, okay, we'll get to that conversation later. Okay. Because I, 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 Diego Luna in that movie is like I don't know. It's irritating, but he's my favorite character in Star Wars universe right now. Yeah. But like, it just feels like, ah, uh, like it's frustrating because I love this movie. I love Sicario, but. But yeah, the way Mexicans are portrayed in this movie is it's very disheartening. Like, and it's also like not offensive, but I'm like, oh man, like I hope not all of us are seen that way. You know what I mean? Because like even even the policeman, you know, he's supposed to be a police guy, but he's corrupt. His son just wants to play soccer. The woman is subservient, and she's tired of the husband's drinking. It's kind of offensive. It's like. Where is the good Mexican? Even the good Mexican in this movie, Benicio del Toro, is out for himself. Yeah. So there's no good-hearted Mexican at the core. Even um, the cartel dude at the end with his family, like he was like, it's nothing personal. It's just business. Mm-hmm. So there's no good Mexican in this movie. But granted, there's no good American in this movie as well. So I mean, like. I am a little, yeah, I mean, it is a little offensive to see at times, but then I also remember, like, this is a movie from America 
by America. I know Danny V is like Canadian, right? Yeah, French Canadian. French Canadian. So I mean, like, I'm not gonna be like, like, outraged over his portrayal, but they could have at least put one, one good Mexican in there, you know? Yeah, it's not even about having like one good Mexican. <laughs> just some nuance and depth the way like you said like the way Juarez is shot it's meant to emphasize the people hanging off the bridge by the news the graffiti the small tienditas and like the way Jeffrey Donovan's character is like when they're along the border in El Paso he goes look there it is Juarez in 1900, you know, President Taft went to go visit the president of Mexico. He took 5,000 men yeah. with him. And I'm like, man, even Mexicans were back. Back then, they were mean and killing people? What the hell? Like, come on. Like, Well, in our defense, like, 20 years after being independent, the United States started a war <laughs> to take away half our land. Okay, that's, that's, a, that's a history podcast right there. But okay. I know, well, no, I mean, no, I know what you're saying. that no. Mexicans might have been. Yeah. I might have had a little bit of animosity they, yeah, towards know. President they, Taft. There was a little bit of a beef as well. Yeah. yeah. But like, but you know what I'm saying though? There's a, like even, okay, when they when they catch the, the deportees, right? And they're there and Benicio is asking all of them, like, have you been to America? Yes, no. What's your name? Alejandro Rodriguez, right? He's asking all of them. Like, I don't know. Like the way Mexicans are portrayed in this movie, it is kind of like off-putting and like a little disheartening. But I don't know. I'll still defend this movie. I still say it's a good movie, and I still like. Well, beyond that, it's just like I feel like the first time I watched this movie, I was entertained, and I grew gradually disappointed when I saw the way it was going. But I was still entertained. But now I was watching it again, and it just—it seems I'm not entertained by this movie. Even that. Okay. Just I see where it's going. I see how it's gonna get there. There's no surprise, but beyond the surprise, you can watch a movie that's great over and over again. Right? I agree with you as in like you can't – are you trying to say you can't watch this movie over and over again? That's the only part of it. But yeah, the main okay. point I'm trying to get at is that the movie, once it loses its surprise, it reveals itself to be sort of a you know textbook – I know what you're trying to say. Attempt at an action movie combined with an art okay. house movie and then winds up being sort of dull. Okay. I kind of agree with you that you could see where this movie's going, but it's still a good movie. <laughs> like, I just, I find it to be entertaining still on second viewing. If I watch this a third time, I don't think I'll be able to, like, I'll make it through, but I'll be like, I'll see more problems with it. Right. You know, it's kind of like The Dark Knight Rises. Sure. You know, where, uh-huh. like, I know, sorry, we're going to bring in, like, a different <laughs> type of movie, but, like, it just feels like on more repetitive views, you're like, oh, this is what's wrong with it. Ooh, look at that. You know what I mean? So... I agree with you on that, but I, I just feel like Denny V made a really good, like, action movie that, yeah, that's, like, kind of art housey at times, and it's very, like, the way the score's done, the cinematography, that tunnel scene at Magic Hour by Roger Deakins, I mean, that's, like, I haven't seen a shot like that, like, at Magic Hour, like, in a movie, like, in a very long time, like, the way it's done, it's a beautiful like layout yes i think i think like the nickname for that scene is like cowboys in the sunset or something it's something like that but the way that is shot and that whole night vision sequence is shot by deacons is like beautiful it's just like i don't see that in like mainstream action movies so i guess that's why it's an art house movie at times you know yeah it's shot yeah i mean you could make the argument that it's more of an uh, unconventional narrative of an unconventional main character with better technicians 
there are let's you know, for example deacons who's the, one of the greatest cinematographers of all time once you get him on board you're gonna get a lot of different gonna get a different style like for example there's that one shot after they come back from Juarez where it's uh, Emily Blunt and Josh Brolin arguing and it's done a very wide shot from what seems like a hundred feet away or something yeah. and the whole okay. scene plays out in a wide shot any other action director wouldn't do that they would cut in for close-ups they would probably add some handheld make it really yeah. shaky, <laughs> shaky yeah. and they just play it yeah from far away and that's all you need you don't need to cut any closer no. stuff like that that makes it seem more like more of a, an artistic action movie but at the same time i mean i can appreciate that it's edited well like and the and those music is good it becomes a bit much but it's still good yeah, they, he's obviously working with like the best technicians and artists that are around. They're alive right now, and but ultimately that doesn't mean much to me because what the movie is about and how it is about that. Yeah, there. I know what you're saying. Like, there's faults in the I story. Can't. There's faults in so many things wrong with this movie, but I think it does a, a really like entertain. It's a really entertaining watch, and it's something you would see at Best Buy playing on a really nice 4K TV. Yeah. Like on mute, and it looks great. And going back to Heli, it's it's a movie that doesn't have the same dyna dynamic, of course, but it's a movie that doesn't shy away from violence. And once you get to a place where you show violence, something that's horrifying to experience and to watch, even as a movie, then you get somewhere else that's a bit more honest in how it feels to actually be in the situation. Okay. If you cut back on it, if you're trying to make suspense, if you're trying to build it up, if you're trying to do a lot of quick cutting between different people being shot at the same time, it makes it exciting. It makes it this fun to watch. Okay. And yeah, I mean, we've talked a lot before about violence in movies being sort of numbing. Like, we don't feel it. We just see it's it happen. It's numbing, and I don't know. If this movie were made in the 90s, early 2000s, this movie would have so much more violence. Yeah. It would be totally different, you, you know? Can, like, see Mel Gibson playing Josh Brolin's character. And yeah. You have Julia Roberts. Yeah, it would be totally different. Playing Kate. But it also just shows, like, how, like, our view on violence has changed so much, you know, and how, like, hand-to-hand -hand combat scenes have replaced gun shootouts. Even in this movie, that John Bernthal scene in the house when she discovers that he works for the cartel he's corrupt like that scene like how much that scene is dragged out in comparison to like the border scene right the hand-to-hand -hand combat violence has replaced gunfights essentially and i and i think it's just because of what like has happened in the country within the past 10 years with gun violence our views are changing so i don't know man like i i agree with you about like about like Benicio del Toro's character at the end and how he kills like the drug lord and his family. Yeah, you can know. think of Sicario could have been worse. I mean you can no, think yeah, of like it all these been worse. Of... This could have been a straight to D V D movie that you yeah. see at the Mexican market, you know what I mean? On the shelf before you check out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would see this walking down the street and like there would be this guy selling pirated copies. <laughs> yeah, those are the days, man. Yeah. I miss that. I would go by and they'd have like a bootleg version of like Paid in Full or something like How High or, you know, I, I don't remember know. When, like you could get Blu-rays, like full Blu-rays. Like, yeah, I remember that? Copied on a... Man, those were like, yeah. And I feel like, I remember I bought one one time. This was a while ago, but like, or did I buy one with my friend? I forgot. But I remember feeling like awful. I was like, this is like, 
this is piracy. No one should be doing this. You know, no one should be doing this. Yeah. But like, well, ultimately, yeah, I appreciate that Sicario is a well-made movie with a lot of good talent and work. I just disagree with those choices. I, I know what you're saying. And yeah. he's a good director, obviously. But he's probably one of the best right now, like working, okay. like Dune. Okay. Right, Dune. I mean, granted, it hasn't come out yet, but like I was excited for it before pre-pandemic yeah it hasn't come out it hasn't come, but i'm excited to see it that's good because like, it's denny v man like you know like i don't know he's um, just he i don't know i like him yeah i'm sure he's very nice <laughs> but i disagree with his choices and um his approach to this kind of story and it makes me feel bad after watching it because i know that most audience members will have this image, this idea of what Mexico is and what people are like there. I agree with you on that. And even if they don't intentionally believe it in a malicious way, they still have that idea. And I know it, I know what you're saying, that like... Dehumanizes Mexico. I, yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. No, you're on to something, and it's uh, like, even though people might not believe it, it's still there. And right. yeah, like the portrayal of Hispanic people in the cartel, like... Yeah, it is disheartening. I mean, I haven't seen Narcos on Netflix. I'm not. I'm not going to just because like it's just so much to get through. But I mean, I don't know. TV shows like that. You know, they there's there's an audience for them, and people like those shows. You know, they want to see violence. They want to see yeah, the drug trade, and yeah. it's kind of like what you got with you're on to something with Wolf of Wall Street. How when that movie came out, people were idolizing. You know, they were idolizing people that they shouldn't be idolizing. But I guess it's human nature to, like... Yeah, there's, like, something about... Yeah, it's, like, you shouldn't be admired. It's kind of like our fascination with serial killers in America. Sorry, I wasn't going to take it there, but yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, sort of. The, no. re- the recent wave of, like, people being obsessed with serial killers through podcasts and, you know, TV shows. Like, mm-hmm. it's something that we're drawn to, like, instinctively. Like, you're not supposed to see this, and you're not supposed to know about this, but you're still going to watch it, you know? Sure. I was thinking more about like how this movie is um, a child of, yeah, like you said, the old 80s and 90s action movies yeah, where people sort of have this desire to see the hero go beyond, break the rules and go beyond what they're supposed to do to like get revenge or kill the yeah. bad guy. And that's not how the world works. You, you do, don't usually get a chance. It's cathartic because you don't usually get a chance to get back direct at the person that yeah, took something from it, you. It's just like, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Sometimes, I know what you're trying. Sometimes the bad guys win. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes the bad, but maybe in this movie, like I've said before, there's no bad guys. Yeah, there's, there's no, no good end. guys. There's no end to it. Someone else is gonna and take that guy's at the, place. Like at the end of the movie, like it makes you think of like, what is the war on drugs? Like, what is it? Have I been like trained to think that? This country's bad, that country's bad, we're bad, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or we're the good guys, they're the bad guys, or vice versa. Like, it makes you rethink a lot of things. Right, and also don't like movies that are didactical or try to, like, teach you a lesson or something like that. That try to, like, you know, instill some sort of idea or ideology in you. I don't don't think this movie does that, really. I think it just sort of puts it down the middle. So let's get to your point about Diego Luna in Star Wars. Star sure. Wars, real quick. Another thing I want to say is the, the accents. Okay, go ahead. Most egregious is Breaking Bad, obviously. Just people who are from Chile, 
who have no semblance of a Chilean accent, people from Mexico who have no semblance of anywhere in Mexico having, I, yeah. having that's, a certain but, accent. I mean, that's just kind of like the product of like filmmaking though yeah, it's Hollywood casting is, directors like, oh we want the right face and it's crazy like they used to do the same things with like indians they would get mexicans to play indians yeah or just do brown face yeah or brown face it's just like i don't know man it, you know i just found a movie where toshiro mifune okay what's called plays a mexican what? that's weird i was saying it to you i forgot yes. the name <laughs> okay but yeah it is that's weird because it's toshiro mifune and like a bunch of mexican actors it's kind of like when john wayne playing Genghis Khan. yeah it's it's just happening it's, in the 60s for some reason it's just what it is it's just like i don't know we'll look back on this time and be like man sadadio they had the awful accents and look at the way look at the way the mexicans are filmed in this movie you know but yeah it's the same thing as you know native americans and westerns yeah yeah i could see that i mean and uh it just doesn't help me man to just <laughs> beyond the accents every now and then i'll go into an, a news article about immigration or the drug war and see if there's any any more compassion or empathy that's been developed by the white readership over the years and every time i'm disappointed and enraged with how people with names like bob sue helen tom are like oh why don't they take care of the problems in their own country why do we have to suffer for it oh why don't they go back to their own country and get a job we're getting into something different there but it's part of it that's one or two people no it's all the whole comment section and it's it's away from the comments yeah but that's i know that's how people think though like 40 how many people voted for donald trump last election i know that's how people think and that's not only like a small subsection of humanity but it's at least half it's at least half of people I think that okay. way. Okay, all right. We're getting into politics and now. That's it, that's it has yeah. to. Yeah, it has to. When you get to the top, when you make a movie about the drug war and you're dehumanizing Mexicans, yeah. that's what's gonna I happen. Say- I know what you're saying. I mean, granted, this movie came out in 2015. Even then, I mean, and it, you know, pre pre the Donald winning, but I mean, like, okay, what were you gonna say about Diego Luna and Star Wars? Because I want to get to that. No, just that he was the last Mexican actor that I remember being in the mainstream movie. He is so good in that movie. Yeah. And I just have a beef, like, not a beef, but it's just, you know, you kind of touched on something in Sicario that made me think about the portrayal of Mexicans, and it just reminded me of Star in Star Wars. Like, in Diego, Diego Luna's character, like, I'm pretty sure they say not to trust him, right? Yeah. There's a, there's a part where... They tell is it Felicity Jones? Huffman. Huffman. No, it's a completely different person. Okay. Sorry, yeah, it is Jones. One yeah. Of the, yeah, she like they tell. I think they tell her character not to trust him because he's a, he's a thief, mm-hmm. right? And then like, I don't know. That was a little like. Same thing happened in um, Benicio's character with Star Wars. That's a good point. Same thing happened in Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, where they make Oscar Isaac's character a former drug runner. It, it's just like man, like I don't know. You, you did get me thinking about that, and it is disheartening. And I think maybe one day it will change. Like we could just have a Mexican character just a, just be there. You yeah, know? it's like be a person, and just like <laughs> hang out. Like exactly. Hey just guys, I like dude. you know, I like I like all kinds of music. You know, I like I mean, even like Riz Ahmed in like Nightcrawler, like the, even the way he's portrayed, he's playing a Mex what Salvadorian, I think. Is he? Yeah, doesn't he play, like, a Hispanic character of some sort? And, like, he kind of has this, like, wide-eyed naivete that's, like, almost to the point where I'm, like, you can't be this, like, like, simple-minded or, like, borderline, like, 
dumb, right? I don't remember that movie that well. No? Maybe. That's a hell of a movie. That is such a good movie. Oh, yeah? But, but yeah, I mean, it, you just got me thinking about, like, the portrayal of Hispanic characters in media, like, the way things have been going, the way where it's headed. I think it's getting better. And I think yeah, they're I doing remember, a um, way better job than they would they were like 10 years ago 15 years ago you know what i mean but yeah i mean kong versus godzilla has a couple of mexicans it? in it i haven't seen that one and but that, but then there's also like something like machete where i sure. like that movie is like um like i just love that movie you know and the character of machete like what he is and like i don't know it's just i guess it depends on the director i don't know but yeah anyway yes to get back to it we're we are a significant percentage of the population in the united states yeah, yeah and somehow i go months without seeing a mexican or anyone from latin american descendancy anywhere on tv or movies but i do have a, a really good optimism like i think things are slowly getting better and i think like we'll have better portrayals of these people like when I mean people, I mean like Mexican descent, Hispanic, you know, Latinx, you know, yeah. like I think it's slowly improving. But yeah, watching Sicario now, I'm like, oh man, this movie hasn't like aged too well in terms of representation, you know. Yeah, but I, I keep going back to the the cop. Just five minutes is all he gets. To, I know to be a human being, and and I'm he, trying to think of like other characters in that movie, like they're the coyotes in the hotel room showing like Benicio, like where yeah. to go, like those guys. Those guys have real accents for the most part. Yeah, those. Man, I, I just forgot how Daniel Kaluuya is in this movie yeah. and how far he's come. This is great. It's <laughs> great. It's a great Same actor. thing with John Bernthal. I'm like, John Bernthal? Oh, yeah. Like, that's him. Yeah. But, well, yeah. Right, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. I mean, that sums it up for Sicario. I mean, if you haven't seen it, check it out. I can see, I can totally see why you don't like it. There. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Hope people think, think the same way. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Movies. Were they? What? Oh, they're dead. Oh, That's they're right. dead. Yep, movies are dead, guys. All right. Yeah. Bye.